Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Uh, today, David Morrison and I sit down and talk uh, about John Philip Newell, um, also known as J. Philip Newell, um, and uh, the con- uh, contributions he's given to us uh, personally through his writings and discussions around uh, spirituality. Uh, he's focused a lot of his work on the Celtic world and how it how that uh, has shaped um, sort of an outlook of of. Christianity and, and goes somewhat counterculture to what you might think of as modern day Christianity. Uh, but before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Uh, thank you to Jacob at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background right now. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, uh, check out theruined.com. DRCRpod.com is a place to go for other podcast episodes uh, whether it's dispatches from the verge which are is our typical weekly episode or road to desert rain where people have come on and shared uh sort of their path um, to joining us here at desert rain and lastly dreamwalkerway.com is a place to go to get david's latest book Uh, we just shipped out um, several copies about a week and a half ago um, so everyone that pre-ordered and uh, gave in the kickstarter should have already received their bucks books but if you have not you still have time to order them and get them before christmas so get one for your family and friends and lastly if you enjoy what you're hearing please tell a friend social media and word of mouth really help us we appreciate you and let's get into it Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. Dispatches from the Verge. Desert Rain, more like dessert pain. Am I right? (laughs) Sorry, we can take that out. That's unusable. We're we're leaving that in. (laughs) That's staying in. Uh, David Morrison. Hola, sir. Happy Saturday. Yes, sir. Um, We are venturing back into the... Oh, what's it? Realm of... uh, highlighting some spiritual teachers um, that have uh, influenced you throughout the years. We've done, I think this will be number eight, eight or nine. Uh, We recently picked it back up where we're basically doing one a month. And today we are going to talk. Does he go by John Philip Newell or J. Philip Newell? It uh, depends on the book. Yeah, I've seen him. So John Philip Newell, uh, a little bit about him. He's a Celtic teacher and author of Spirituality, who calls the modern world to re- reawaken to the sacredness of earth and every human being. Uh, he speaks of himself as a wandering teacher, following the ancient path of many lone teachers before him in the Celtic world, uh, seeking the well-being of the world. And... In 2011, he was awarded the first ever Contemplative Voices Award from the Shalom Institute in Washington, D.C. You can't sneeze at that. And 2022, he received the Sacred Universe Award. There you go. From the Well, yeah, the Well Center for Spirituality in Chicago. 
So that's a little bit about him. You can look, we, and this is all coming off of um, earthandsoul.org. Uh, so if you want to read more about his or about him and his books and things like that, you can go there. Want to give them their their proper credit, but um, maybe we could start off with you, uh, just sort of explaining how you came across his works, um, and we'll go from there. All righty then. Nice. Yeah, we. I've never met him. I've never corresponded with him. I don't know if he'll ever even hear this. <laughs> podcast and if we're i mean i guess you don't have to have permission to talk about people that oh public, no people right? do it all. i mean that's that's basically <laughs> right? all every podcast ever is just people talking about other people but yeah so his so i don't remember probably the first book probably a friend of mine bill riley probably uh gave me uh a copy of of the first book that I read by Newell, okay, which was uh, "Listening for the Heartbeat of God." It's mm. I think it's one of his first. Okay, it was like 1998, around the late 90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s, uh, and it just really opened my eyes to a mm. new world of possibility of of a wider Christianity, mm. uh, wider in the sense uh, there's a history, there's roots to it, and then uh, and then there's an outward, there's a future to it. Mm, and so, right. so it was a time, you know, like I've said in other podcasts, my mid thirties, early to mid thirties was a time of a really personal, great awakening for me on mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. A new Christianity, I guess. Uh, well, probably just a new it was perspective. New to me. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, of course. Ancient Christianity, but it was introduced a to you at that time frame. for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Than what I had, uh, experienced before so yeah and he really articulated it well you know and i guess in my language mm-hmm. you know, a language that i could really uh, access and that kind of thing sorry i'm a little sleepy today <laughs> no I, that makes sense and I, I think one of the things um so i also besides doing a little bit of reading uh listened to a podcast with him and um rob bell it's a really good interview uh dialogue the two have um, and I'll put the the link to the episode in the um, in our okay. show notes. But um, one of the things they really talked about, and maybe you can elaborate on from your perspective, but just what you just mentioned this these ancient ideas that they are ancient and they're applicable in the here and now. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, More relevant now. Yeah. 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 So maybe you can elaborate on why that. Why has that has kept your attention? You know, and this interview is probably five or six years old. You know what I mean? And so, oh, like, really? Yeah. So it's even more, I think even more applicable in 2022 as yeah. far as those, those ancient ideas. One of them specifically, um, seeing the earth as a sacred yeah. space, right? Or exactly a, a sacred, sacred relationship we should have with the earth. Um, so yeah, so maybe maybe that those ancient ideas that have have caught your your attention, um, sort of learning from this uh, this gentleman. Yeah, so Newell he's significant to me because it he uh, his writing, particularly two books, uh, which I later got in the two thousands, mm-hmm. and when we came out here, and we did fixed hour prayer, we did morning and evening mm-hmm. prayer and noon actually at the time. Um, 
and he had he had published two little books that I still use today. Uh, call, uh, they were they were called uh, Celtic Psalters. One mm. was uh, I think uh, Sounds of the Eternal was the first one, okay. or the second one, and the other one was uh, a Celtic benediction. Mm. And and he and so that because I was looking for and I, I didn't want an intellectual shift only mm. in my Christianity mm-hmm. and in my faith. Right. I wanted uh, it to be a, a wild Christianity, a wild mm. faith inside of me and, and to see, I wanted to, you know, as much as possible, can I have that ancient worldview mm. in me? Can I actually see the world that way? Not just some intellectual, no, it wasn't that great. And, and, and I also want to preclude with, uh, because this is a sensitive issue nowadays, uh, the, uh, the Celtic revival, even that term Celtic is, is a problematic mm. term. It's, it's, a it's a colonizer's term. Mm-hmm. It's the, the Greeks gave that name to this people group mm. and the Romans later okay. tagged it on them. Right. Uh, and so it's, it's not, you know, they're, so anyway, it, it's very, and so I'm not interested in a, in a cultural thing where, where, where you see, uh, uh, basically white supremacy mm. rising up, you know, and they, and they've co-opted Celtic designs mm. and that kind of thing. So I just want to make that clear that, uh, denounce that, renounce that, I loathe it, despise it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I wasn't interested in in some sort of personal cultural connection, as much as a worldview and a spiritual mm-hmm. fire to 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 rise up. And so, those two little books, praying those every day for now over twenty years, uh, really did that for me. And I'm, mm-hmm. I need to write him at some point and just thank him for that mm-hmm. because it was. It wasn't just information, you know. Well, you can so, thank him right now. Yeah, well, thank you, Mr. Newell. <laughs> um, I think he's up in Colorado, isn't he? Is he I, don't, up yeah, there? I have no I, idea. I don't know. He's a wandering. He's a wandering monk. I yeah, guess, so. like we said at the top. So he could be anywhere. Uh, he could be here. He could be room. in Antarctica. He's not in this room. <laughs> <laughs> now, if he walks in in the middle of this, that would be weird. Um, <laughs> and he says, bitches, please. He's <laughs> like, move, move Give aside. me a microphone. <laughs> um. Sorry, I'm a little... No, I, I, well, it's funny because you just cussed, but in his interview with Rob Bell, he, he says something. I don't remember exactly what he said, shithole or something like that. Uh, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Had to rewind it. <laughs> yeah. um, no, well, I, I think um, as, we, you know, and as we've shared on this uh, topic, our most downloaded episode, we did a two-part um, about Celtic Christianity. A twofer. It's and not, it's not really they're Irish the most we didn't do three. <laughs> right. Well, that's um that's the most downloaded one, but I I think it seems as though people are called to that because of what you like you were just articulating, trying to find because it, it's it, there's two things, right? There's some people that are like, oh, we need to go back to the good old days. Yeah, right. No, and and no. there's no such thing as the good old days. Yeah, like, you know, the average crazy. lifespan back then was what, 25 years old because yeah. so many infants died and so on and so forth. And yeah, there was no idyllic time yeah. in human history. Yeah. And so it's it's the real, in my estimation, the real challenge is to take some of these ancient ideas and introduce them or reintroduce them, I guess would be the right yeah, way, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, and it's not just 
this Celtic Christianity, right? Uh, indigenous people have had these types of ideas yes. for, for generations. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, people in the, in the far East, people in the middle East, right? Yeah. Like it, these things are, are not unique or, um, connected to just one group of people. Yeah, right? Exactly. Like it, exactly. It's reemerged it's universal. time and time. Yeah. 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 Maybe and, even a better, uh, term than it, it would have its problems as well, but maybe a better term than Celtic Christianity would be, uh, an indigenous faith. Mm. It's indigenous. And yeah. so, um, yeah. And, and Newell often tells stories throughout his different books, uh, where he'd be speaking of this, this vision, this way of seeing the world, uh, the sacredness in all things. That's mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about here. Uh, well, and that that topic has come up recently, like the last couple of months. Yeah, with this idea a, of important. the Christ being yeah the incarnation of Christ throughout everything, throughout all, not just people, but uh, everything. Right, right? Exactly. all things that are alive, whether it's trees or the the soil or you yeah, and me or exactly. Or, you know, the stranger will never know. So when, yeah, so when he's speaking, yeah, a lot of times the Native Americans will come up to him and, and thank him because of the similarity of, mm-hmm. of uh, you know, Mohawk teachings, uh, uh, Sioux, you know, the, the different mm-hmm. tribal teachings uh, of, of Native tribes in America. So that's very interesting. Well, and I, I just, and I think that speaks to people like to think they're so unique, right? Whether it's an entire group of people or an individual, yeah. but the, the per, the people we are now are exactly like the people that were around a thousand years ago. Right. We have the same yeah. DNA. We're the yeah. same species where the, you know, very little has changed in us. Yeah. The thing that has changed is technology. Right. So we can, you know, we can drive, we can get on the yeah. internet, you know what I mean? Things like that. Uh, yeah. The ice man that they found on, what is he? 50,000 years old. Mm. Uh, he was murdered, mm-hmm. but it, uh, he was about to die of heart disease because <laughs> yeah. his arteries were plugged up. Yeah. And so there's no such thing as this uh, pure paleo diet and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, toxins are one thing. Right? Yeah. Process, I mean, processed food is, yeah, yeah. you know, there has been studies to prove how bad right, processed food yeah. is for us too. Chemicals but. and aspartame and all that. But, there's, but, yeah, but, but even going in, back, in the naturals, the so-called yeah. natural, no. <laughs> um, and, and so I, going back to these two books that you, you know, you just mentioned and, and how profound they were for you and your prayer life, um, I guess bringing it to the here and now, what, what, as you revisit those books, right? Like yeah. it's one thing to pick them up and be blown away. Right. But the fact that yeah. 20 years later, they're still a go-to for you. Um, yeah. What are some of the things in the here and now that when you pick up those books, you're just reminded of in a, you know, in, yeah. in, a, in a deep and meaningful, it doesn't even have to be deep, just in a, in a, in a meaningful way. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I've been concerned. I've probably given away that book. It's probably one of the most giveaway books mm-hmm. I've done. The, the one called listening for the heartbeat of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it just looks over the years that it's going out of print. Mm. So I've been concerned about that. And then last year he came up, he, he wrote, he published a new book, mm-hmm. um, Sacred Earth, Sacred, Sacred Soul. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, 
basically an expansion of that first book. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a, it's a great refreshing refresher course mm-hmm. for me. Uh, he's really done a lot to redeem the centuries old, uh, uh, maligning of Pelagius's character, who was, uh, you know, an Irish, uh, maybe Welsh, uh, monk, mm. uh, in the, uh, I believe the fifth century, he was a contemporary of Augustine uh-huh. and Augustine disagreed with him. They all, they all, he had the reputation of being a holy man and a, and a devoted monk. Uh, but Augustine saw to it that he was besmirched and was condemned Mm. And he got the secular authorities to uh, condemn him, mm. Pelagius, and he had to uh, condemn him for his ideas. I for assume. his ideas, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what were some of those ideas that were? Well, the f- so so since then, Protestants and Catholics alike have condemned him as a heretic, saying mm. that you can't, uh, you have to earn your salvation, mm-hmm. uh, you have to work for your mm. yourself, which is not really what he taught. Right. I, people would argue with me on that. It's very. I'm upset about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so basically uh, Pelagius in, in his conversations with Augustine would say, when you look into the face of a newborn baby, you are looking into the face of God being reborn on the earth. Mm. And so Augustine uh, saw to it that that was condemned. And, and so as a result, this idea of original sin Mm. Uh, that that you and I and every human being at the heart of our essence hate God basically. Right. Uh, well, what a way to start, we're, right? We're against God. Well, good from, news from the yeah from from the moment moment number one. Yeah. yeah, to the point if you even question that, right? And so so Newell's really been able to, in, in my opinion, to mm-hmm. redeem that that besmirch of. Uh, maligned character of Pelagius and, and what he was actually teaching. Um, so yeah, so he had to flee, he went back to uh, either uh, Britannia or, you know, the Celtic mm-hmm, right. lands, if you will. The, one, uh, one of the other islands. Yeah. The Irish Isles. Oh. Uh, <laughs> get to see what I did there. Uh, and what I also love, there's another community in Northumbria uh, who, who have been following this way of, seeing the sacredness in all things, mm-hmm. uh, the North, Northumbria community. And they have a prayer book uh, more uh, for daily prayer right, 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 right. and feast days and all that. And okay. what's funny is they took uh, Augustine's feast day and replaced it with Pelagius. <laughs> and so so I, I really appreciate them. Yeah, I'd like to meet those folks. As I, uh, I'm always appreciative of pettiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pettiness is awesome. <laughs> so Especially okay, spiteful yeah, pettiness. It's always just great. <laughs> So, so that, that's been very helpful. And then, you know, there's this, I, I think, uh, you know, Newell's call for, you know, and it's the same with the Center for Action and Contemplation, Richard Rohr, Brian McLaren, Phyllis Tickle, who we'll, we'll cover her at some point, um, Rob Bell to an extent, are calling for a new, a renewal of, of faith. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, in my opinion, there are some, "Quote unquote great theologians," who I don't think we should even be quoting them. Mm. I'm not even going to mention the name because then that would be yeah, right, right, right. Uh, but I think they should be reserved to the shadows of history or as an example of uh, what not to think. Mm. And uh, Augustine's problematic because he did say some really brilliant things at, at the right. same time. Uh, well, and most people are complicated like that. Yeah, yeah. Very few people are. Is this? 
you know, we the go-to that we, you know, it's like, oh, well, that, that's the that's the Hitler, you know what I mean? Uh, and like yeah. put him in this evil category. But um, 99% of the people are way more complicated yeah, than yeah. this all good, all bad exactly. so, um, thing that we want to put them in, right? Yeah. The Protestants have a go-to one that just shouldn't be hmm. even mentioned. He's the devil's theologian. So yeah. <laughs> Is he the one I sent you the picture of his door? Uh, oh, I think that, so. The anti-Semite Martin Luther? Is that who you're talking about? He, or no, it might I'm have been John talking. Calvin's door. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I sent you a picture of, of his door when I was in Switzerland because right, I knew right. how much you loved. What a fanboy I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there we go. We gave him credit. We mentioned him. That guy should be Well, beat. you did just call him the devil, so. <laughs> <laughs> I got my shot I don't know in. if we gave him credit. <laughs> yeah, so... So yeah, so Newell's very influential in that and, and just this vision of I think people are hungry for a spirituality and, and they and their hopes are in the Christian story in that sense. Uh, but it's an untenable place now uh, for a lot of people with with the the history of Christianity, the, the you know, the, with its uh, uh, unholy alliance with empire mm-hmm. and oppression. Uh in recent years, the 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 decades of of uh, child molestation and mm-hmm. hiding it, uh, and then and then you know the Protestants just uh, you know I don't, I don't mean to be rude but fairly you know pretty much irrelevant, mm-hmm. and then the evangelicals of today uh, in complete idolatry and fascism they've fallen into uh, an antichrist uh, faith if you will. Um, well, and, and so, I think so. I think people are looking for. Jesus still in that right. sense. Well, and I, I think you and I have talked about this and I, yeah, I guess we've talked about it on the podcast, but this, um, oh, this internal, internal, not eternal, but maybe eternal as well, but yeah. this internal thirst uh, f- for this random guy from Nazareth. Yep, an indigenous you know, man, and, if you and, will. Um, More this, of a shaman than he was uh, a, a rabbi. You well, know? yeah, he wasn't a political leader. No, he's a healer. Or, I mean, excuse me, he wasn't a religious leader. No, he was a healer. Yeah. Yeah, so a, a prophet shaman, if you will. And and I think... Not just the kind that you see on LinkedIn. <laughs> or on the... <laughs> social media. The, uh, yeah, Anybody that calls else. themselves that. Or, anyway. Yeah, there's one... Well, no, I'm not going to bring yeah. that up. Um what was I going to, my bigger point was, oh, but for individuals have this thirst. And I, I think that's why uh, we're so susceptible to um, religious cults to, yeah, I think um, so. you know, because we have this thirst for the divine. Yeah. And, eternal, and. Yeah. We're simple beings, yeah. so when you can present it in a black and white way, yeah, with all the on answers. The, with, go ahead. With all the answers and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So on the surface, that looks very appealing, yeah, right? It does. And then as you continue to delve into things, and I'm not saying that everyone's delving into cults. Uh, that was just an example. Yeah. But when you delve into looking for these uh, bigger, um, looking into the bigger questions, not even getting answers, but just delving yeah. into these larger questions. The thirst only grows. Right. Right. And so um, 
I think it's why, uh, whether it's like sweat lodges or the story of Jesus, you know, not, not the religious story, but the actual story of Jesus, um, go, you know, yoga, we've used that example, um, you know, going to monasteries in the far East, you know, all these different outlets that people are looking for, um, is actually just trying to, it's the same thirst with many different outlets to, to seek. Right. Um, and, and I think that's what, you know, bringing it back to, um, Mr. Newell, that's what makes his work, um, not even profound, but just timely. Yes. Right. We have a peer, um, a peer in the sense of like modern day person that has, that is seeking this, that is writing about this, that is speaking about this stuff. Um, and it resonates. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, across, not across the board, but across the board in the sense of people that come in contact with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I'd used a lot of, you know, for, for about a 10 year period, heavily used uh, the daily office mm-hmm. prayer that, that the Catholic priests and monks use. Mm-hmm. I used the Book of Common Prayer uh, that the Anglicans, Episcopalians used. Um, so, some Orthodox books. Phyllis Tickle well, I used hers. Is that uh, the one she did with Claiborne? Uh, was that the the common prayer for radicals? Yeah. Uh, no, but I I did that one for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. But so I I I might have mixed that up. Claiborne might have done it, and she wrote like a foreword to it or yeah. something. I might have got that backwards. Anyways, but I I began to grow more and more uncomfortable with uh, a lot of these traditional prayers have the language of empire and oppression, mm, right. uh, the lordship of Jesus Christ, which is not what it meant. In the new in mm-hmm. Paul's writings, that was a subversive term against empire, and then mm-hmm. it became, for a lot of historical reasons and our human nature, which I won't get yeah, into. Yeah, we want to be winners. Yeah, so we want to be became, part of the winning team. So the lordship of Jesus became right uh, the our empire conquering the other mm-hmm. and and forcing order our order on on others, and then in the modern American day, it became. The lordship of Jesus is you winning and, and mm. reaching your best potential, your earning potential, your romantic potential, and, and you know, and that kind of thing. And, right. um, and so this Celtic, uh, these two little Celtic Psalters were very simple mm. and very much in the language of uh, uh, incarnation, the sacredness of nature, the, the, the no division between what we would call secular and holy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, yeah, and it, it flipped my worldview mm-hmm. as a result of praying those prayers. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. We've never really done this, but as as our conversation has sort of unfolded, if you had the opportunity to sit down and, and chat with uh, J. Philip Newell, what what are the first two questions that you would propose to them and just things that you're curious about that um, because seeking has a lot to do with the questions we ask. Right. Yeah. So I'm interested in in what questions you would propose to him given the Uh, opportunity. Well, my guess, uh, I mean, my concern has been with the contemplative industry, so to speak. Mm. And, and 
Celtic spirituality is a part of that. Right. Uh, why is it only attracting uh, primarily white people and mm-hmm. affluent people mm-hmm. and highly educated people? And how can this become more of a grass, a truly grassroots ind- indigenous movement? Because we've definitely uh, talked about that. Well, at least on the contemplative side, the contemplative inter- industry side. Yeah. Uh, how influ- affluent um, it seems to attract that yeah that and, crowd, and old so to too very old when i talk to young people that it's a christianity they definitely feel attracted to right uh you know and, and there's similarity you know franciscanism which has a, a you know it has a uh positive and a negative history in the, in mm. our parts here you know obviously uh you know and, and uh, but even if you go to a cc you realize how much they're not hurting. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like financially, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, holy crap. You know what I mean? For for people that have, uh, what's it called, taken a, a vow of poverty, yeah. uh, they're they're doing all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but but in our in our region here, like in the of southern course, of U.S., uh, and, you know, natives, uh, reservation natives that I've interacted with, which, you know, they're, all over our mm-hmm. area here in the Southwest, especially the Navajo Nation, it's huge. It's a huge swath of land. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they're 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 having to live that reality all the time. That mm-hmm. uh, what's the word? The the seeming contradiction of the Christian faith mm-hmm. and indigenous practice and worldview, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and 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 many have, have very effectively integrated those mm-hmm. two, and and uh, you know, and again the gatekeepers of Christianity would say, well, that's syncretism, you know, as, as they are completely syncretized to capitalism Mm -hmm. and commercialism and consumerism, but they, they, but they're quick to point out people's indigenous syncretism, you know? Uh, So it's just kind of like, shut up. You're not even invited to this conversation. Yeah. Um, You know? So anyway, uh, I mean, so, I mean, I, I think that's a really, that's an amazing question. You know, is there is there anything else that comes to mind as far as like getting an opportunity to sit down with with him and um, pick his brain, so to speak? Yeah, no, I'd probably do it like I always do. Just let the conversation flow as yeah. it would, and see if the you know see where it would uh, take us. You know, yeah, because I I think going back to the original one, you know, I, I think that is something that uh, that contradiction, right, of of this simplistic contemplative life and then but then you you sort of look at the industry side of it which you know which isn't unique to the con you know yeah you go to the yoga industry right you can go to the industry of church you can go to the industry of you know whatever it is you know and and, yeah it's not necessarily um, evil i'm not saying that i'm just saying you need to be aware of it yeah um and so, so moving forward, uh, going back to the point you just made about the sort of the young, young side of, of people encountering Christianity in 2022 and, and, um, from your perspective, how do you facilitate, and I'm not, when I say you, I don't mean like you specifically, but right. taking a step back and just sort of, you know, your, your life all your life uh, experiences, you know, how do we come together and, and present the story of Christ 
in such a way that that um, it feels welcoming to the younger generations. Yeah, I mean, we had a we had a conversation recently when someone asked an older gentleman asked a younger person, "You want to read Bible stories, right?" Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. it's like it's not necessarily that easy yeah. where it's just like, "Oh, go read, go read stories, or go talk right, about right. stories." You know what I mean? And so. Um, how do we facilitate that? And, you know, we being me and you of the, you know, yeah, a generation that has, has some experience with it. You obviously way more than me, but still cultivating that. Yeah. Well, I've spent my adult, my later adult years just trying to not really have much to do with young people. Uh, having raised a teenage daughter <laughs> with bipolar disorder, I've, I've kind of sworn off teenagers, you know, I'm like, I've had more than I could handle. And, well, that, I know that. That's why I framed the question is, <laughs> but, but it, every bigger, time I think, the bigger I, you, yeah. but every time I think I'm out, they keep pulling me back in. They just show up in my life somehow. Uh, and so, so one thing I did a few years ago, I kind of constructed uh, this uh, meeting for young people. Oh, yeah. I kind of stole it, kind of stole some from the Quaker uh, circle of trust concept where uh, Parker Palmer outlines uh, where you, uh, where a small group contemplates a text with open-ended questions and you hope that your soul would speak. Uh, and then an, a group that I'd been attending at the time, uh, it's been since dissolved, um, Illumin, mm. which was a men's spirituality group. And that kind of comes out of the Richard Rohr. Yeah, the Richard Rohr. Branch of. Kind of thing. Yeah. And, and so, you know, so it start with drum, a, a drum circle kind of thing. Because we had monk drums, have monk drums. And so we'd p- play those. Uh, uh, and then and then read a text. Uh, swear to, to, to confidentiality in the group. And then... Uh, and then, you know, you read this text, it could be a scripture, it could be, you know, it's usually a theme of, uh, and try to access your earliest memories. And it just became a very powerful thing. Mm, right. Uh, and you and I led some of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we did, you quite know, a, that for a couple of, of years. And yeah. then, you know, and then way leads on to way, it just kind of fell out and 2020. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it, it had more to do with the, yeah, the, with pandemic, the pandemic and, and all that. Heart, and me having a heart attack and heart surgery. And and so some of these younger guys who are in their 20s now. I did that with them in their, when they were in their mm-hmm. teens. Uh, approached me recently and said, we want to, you know, we want to re-engage that. Yeah. We know you're a tired, sour, bitter old man. <laughs> so uh, we'll do it. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. Uh, and so they've been doing that right. on their own. And, and it's apparently very popular they had they've had to you know make plans if too many people show up you know how to break it into several small because they've been meeting in here yeah yeah Yeah. so so i think that's an example and so one of them who uh for example a couple months ago approached me and he said uh he's never been in a church and he said and he told me straight up he said i i thought anything to do with god or religion is just absolute bullshit right but then i went to this convocation thing and i I feel like I've connected with God. I'm in touch with the supernatural. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. And so he thinks that's what church is. Mm. What well, kind of is? Uh, it should be. I yeah, told yeah. him, I told him, but I, I said, you could try out at different churches, but 
that convocation thing they're going to frown on. You, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't play drums. Uh, you can't, you know, some you can, but, uh, you know, so he was like, oh, okay. Well, um, and I just think it's, it's getting, transmitting that idea of coming together for a sacred purpose is church. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, once again, going back, you know, going back to the indigenous example, like, yeah, that culture already knows. They know, you know what I mean? Exactly. And, so, and, and, and it's, it calls back to what <laughs> Newell wrote in uh, that book. And he said it in many different ways throughout his other books is that the church historically has always seen itself as the, the curator of uh, mm. salvation. We're the ones you come to us, you come to our institution for salvation. So whether it's a sacramental salvation you you have to run the bases right. of uh you know the, you get your your Christian rights yeah baptism and, to to marriage yeah sort of and then yeah. you'll you will we'll say that you're saved then at your funeral uh you're you're in heaven and not in hell or maybe you're in purgatory and then and then the Protestants uh you know you, you see themselves as the curate if you believe these certain things mm-hmm. you know they'll say well you have to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior acknowledge you're a sinner and invite him into your heart. Well, that prayer is not even there in the Bible, but they'll, but they claim the Bible is the center of their faith. When it goes back to that original sin thing too. And it does, it goes back to that. Uh, And so, so yeah, so they see themselves as the gatekeepers and the curators of salvation Mm -hmm. and, and Christianity is a museum, right? So so everything's behind glass. Especially especially if you go to the Vatican. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great example. But I'm I'm speaking no, I, I, metaphorically, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So these ideas, the experiences of God and the divine, the wildness of God, mm. all that's put behind glass and in exhibits with their lighting yeah. on it, and uh, and and you and with guards that say don't touch the exhibits, uh, which apparently they need that in Europe now since people are gluing their heads to Van Gogh. Dude, I'm like saying that. do more of that. It's like, <laughs> I want to know who's super, you know what I mean? Just so you know who to stay away from. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're not helping the environment doing that anyway. Um, but, but instead the church was meant to be the awakener of a salvation that's already planted in their hearts. The, the, you know, there's a phrase in the Jewish scriptures in the uh, uh, Ecclesiastes that says uh, you have hidden or planted set eternity in our hearts in the mm. heart of the human race right and so so yeah so it's an awakening or as newell says it's a we need to remember mm. who we are uh our basic uh divinity the mm-hmm. spark uh the quakers call it the light within everyone and not and 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 we're talking about not just as an idea as an idea that doesn't really work it has to be a, an experience you need to put yourself in places where that has to matter. You go to a prison, well, you see I, someone who's raped a child and, and, and interact with them and mm-hmm. see, you know, so, so it's gotta, it's gotta make sense in a concentration camp and a prison, the shitholes of humanity. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it does go, I, I, so I would push back a little bit. I think the idea does matter because I think you have to start with the idea. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, if you just send someone, not everyone's ready to walk into a prison right. and interact, yeah. you know, with a mass murderer or, 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 you know, or just someone that got a DUI well, and just go to someone. Walmart then. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do it but, at Walmart then. <laughs> but to sometimes 
or not sometimes, but there, there's a, there's always a starting point, right? Like yeah, some people, yeah. some people are ready to walk into a jail or a you're right. Take the next center, step. That's yours you know what I mean? Take. And like, yeah. um, and it, but I want to go back to this idea of wildness for a second. Cause I, in fact, just this morning, so in the last week or two, <laughs> Uh, you and I have encountered a thing where our wildness was like, wasn't welcome. You know what I mean? Like, was what? It wasn't welcome. Like, oh, it was welcome in the sense, like, to be around, right? But like, yeah, yeah. Um, we're not for everybody, I guess would be the way to say it. And so uh, I've been wrestling with that, like, because I know who I am today, you know what I mean? And right. most times I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, and then this morning, someone texted me, I was having a conversation with someone. And we were talking about some of the things we wrestle with. And when I say we, I think it's, it's a human thing at times, you know, it's different people experience at different times. Right. right? right. But, um, just this idea of, um, like depression disappearing, not necessarily being suicidal, but sort of that, that gray space of like wanting to get the fuck out of here, but also want, you know, also looking around and logically being like, Oh, my life's actually pretty dope. You know what I mean? And, and, um, Oh, I was like, they didn't send that, but I was reading the wrong side. Uh, they said, thanks, bro. I needed to hear those things from you. That's encouraging for me. Makes me kind of glad you're a crazy MFer. But they actually yeah. put put the thing down, and it it was just a reminder to me because I am I'm a wild boy, you know what I mean, yeah. and and um, I used to try to hide that most of most of the time, yeah. and then it would come out like in my drunken escapades, right? Um, and then even in early sobriety, I would try to put that to the side because it was, uh, it's wild, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, sort of the last like five or six days of like wrestling with some of this stuff and mostly wrestling with it inter- internally. Right. But having friends in my life that I can call. Um, and then like with this person, it was, I was just, we were just talking. Like it wasn't even like I wasn't inventing about anything. They weren't venting necessarily about anything. We we're just having a conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so sort of being reaffirmed in that, in that sense of like, Oh yeah, my life experience. I'm not for everybody, but if I can help one person, sort of, yeah. If if I can be trusted to talk about things that are are dark and scary, um, even with just one person, then it's like okay, my I've done my work, yeah, for the my entire life, right? If I if I can help this one person walk up close to what some of the things they're thinking about or what it, wrestling with is probably yeah, yeah. a better um way to put it and so you know and you too are a wild a wild boy and and so all that being said like you know where um mr newell has given you not given you but helped you embrace that wildness for yourself yeah and and what has that meant to you you know over the last 20 years that you've been reading his texts and, and not studying, but just using, you know, introducing his prayer, prayer life into your prayer life. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I'm more of a fan of wild people than ammo. I I live a pretty conservative life and a lot. I clip coupons and just kidding. (laughs) 
go uh, go go to the. I mean, I guess personality-wise, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not for everyone. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, some people are oatmeal. They need to be oatmeal in there mm. because of their and the oatmeal's a great food, right? Yeah. But you know, other people like ourselves, I guess, or habanero chilies and you know only taking that. short spurts so so for me it's more of a spiritual experience of wildness if you will mm. i guess um uh because uh, i've lived very reservedly and conservatively mm. uh, in in my whole life you know mm-hmm. uh but but it's, so it's more internal i guess yeah so i don't know no but i mean that's to embrace that internal wildness yeah, through through the you know the the passages you've had. Yeah, that's true. You know how how has that evolved for you? Because uh, because obviously stuff has changed in you, right? In the twenty right. years you've been experiencing his texts. Yeah, um, I, I guess uh, I guess going back to the Augustinian uh, slash Calvinist view of God, which is. Uh, and I'm and I'm being very simplistic. Of course, of course. And I'm and I'm biased already against both of them. So well, and we've already. Just, yeah. I mean, we we've established that. So let me just qualify. That. <laughs> we we you and I did a good job of establishing that part. But to me, in my opinion, they were both in very much in league with uh, the political empires of their times. Okay. And and the marriage of their religion to it, and so. So they're overall over, which is still true today with yeah, Christianity yeah, in exactly. America for sure. Yeah. So their overarching view of the universe is that uh, that when evil happens, uh, it's it was God's plan somehow. Mm. There's this hyper uh, view that that God is you know so so somehow the Holocaust, all the genocide of of the human race. Um, the random acts of suffering that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone that just get, you know, uh, I mean, you could look this up. Maybe you shouldn't, but just random things <laughs> like what a prion can do to a human being. Have you ever heard of a prion? No. Oh my God. Uh, what is it? What is it? It's just, it's, uh, uh, it's the complication of your protein, protein cells that. Oh, within your body. Yeah. That, oh, oh, just oh. a random thing that can happen and you end up, in a very similar long, to like painful death. Well, not similar to, but a comparison wise, a tsunami. Yeah. Yeah. So these natural yeah. acts and, and so, so, you know, that, that view of empire would be, cause empire is about organizing mm-hmm. and about, uh, control. Got to have your order and order. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so they see this God is doing that, you know, mm-hmm. this God has planned the future already. Uh, Yet and and so this is the problem of Christianity, in my opinion, in, in the modern period. People are just saying bullshit to this, and they should. That uh, you know, it's the what theologians call the theodicy, hmm. which is which is a philosophical uh, cement wall corner that we've backed ourselves into. So so God is all good, okay, and God is all powerful. Okay, that's that's the you know, and so here so anyone who's even a basic person, let's say even someone that's uh, would con- be considered primarily evil. I don't know someone that doesn't uh, put their shopping carts back into the stall. Uh, someone who's who's involved in a cartel, I guess. You know, I'm well, trying to come I up mean, with a. Here's a good. Here's a good popular 
culture one that's going on right now. Everyone's falling in love with this uh, Jeffrey Dahmer miniseries that's going on. Okay. Netflix released it like a week yeah. ago, and it's like, oh, you know, he's he's getting he's getting some some airtime, so to speak. So someone wow. like that that's going around in a poor neighborhood picking up specifically picking up uh, people of color, right? Because as a white man, you can sort of get the police to look the other way. Wow. And then kill them and eat them. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know where to go with that, but <laughs> what I'm well, I mean, that, say, but that's the point. What I'm trying to say is you, you being evil. I'm trying to connect it to the Jesus's yeah. uh, thing. You being evil. If you saw a child uh, drowning, would do all in your power to save this child. Most right. people would do that. Right. Is what I'm saying is. So here we have a God that's all powerful and all good that does not do that. Mm. That allows Auschwitz to happen. That allows child rape to happen at every moment of the day in mm -hmm. the world somewhere. Uh, that doesn't work. That doesn't fly. Right. And so then you take a wildness view, which is uh, there, there's a theologian in America named Gregory Boyd. Maybe we could do a thing on him. Mm -hmm. uh, who has a radical idea uh, that God has chosen to not know the future and has mm. entered into the present in a very radical way. Through suffering. And, uh, and and so that's a wildness. That's a wild theology, if you will, in the sense of if, if you've ever spent any time in the wild, uh, crazy things happen. Uh, unexpected things happen. You know, you, we're, we were watching a nest full of wrens in the, in, the, in the cactus and they had hatched that year. And, and you know, with our daughter, we were watching that. And then a windstorm came and killed all of them mm. in one shot, you know, and, and in a very dramatic way, you know, they were crucified upside down on impaled on the cactus. The, the, the wildness did that, yeah. you know, the wildness of the desert. Uh, and so, so well, just before we I move guess on I have from that your kind point, of worldview is what I'm saying. Yeah. Before we move on to your point though, going back to this example of, of, uh, was it Gregory Boyd? Yeah, Gregory okay. Boyd, Greg Boyd. Uh, He's up in Minnesota, I believe. He, he, the example you gave, though, is you're talking about the story of Christ, of God entering yes. the present moment. And I just wanted to make that clear because yes. you kind of brushed over it. But like, uh, okay, yeah. the yeah, story of Christ is God coming down in complete human form to experience all the emotions, yes, all the depression, the pain, the suffering, everything that human beings are experiencing so if you take a global perspective right everything is happening right now every emotion is being felt right now across yes. the globe including non-emotion numbness including that. yeah and indifference and every, boredom, every, boredom yeah. yeah yeah everything everything and so the whole story of the whole christ story is that god entered into this human body that we call jesus of nazareth yeah. to experience all of that stuff from Boredom, indifference, yes. numbness to the extremes of great joy, great misery, great suffering, yeah. and great elation, right? And everything in between that yeah. we don't even have words to describe some of the right, feelings, right? right? So I just wanted to make sure we nailed that down. Yeah, no that pun intended there. That's the part of the not knowing the future. Right. So it's a radical vulnerability on God's part. And that's and that's an offensive idea to most because most people want to use faith to be in control. I understand mm -hmm. that. I've done that. 
uh, to be in control of my life. Uh, well, it's soothing. To somehow on a control level. my future. Yeah, it's to soothing. Somehow, yeah, to, everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That that's that's a different thing. Uh, everything's going to be okay. All will be well, as Julian of Norwich, the her prayer. All all manner of things will be well, and everything is being made well. Uh, that's a different concept than. Uh, then I can control my future. Right. You know, that's yeah, a different yeah. idea. And so, well, there's a, it, the difference is one is control and the yeah, other, the other is acceptance. Yeah. It's trust. Yeah. Acceptance with how the, you know, the wind is going to blow the wrens into the cactus. Yeah. Sometimes. Somehow this will be redeemed. Somehow this mm-hmm. will be made. Okay. You know, and uh, somehow we could work at, you know, some sort of restitution and restoration and that kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, and, and you got to look at the context too. This is an indigenous group of people. I keep using that word. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, uh, I'm repeating myself a lot, but, no, but you I, have I this indigenous group of people who are colonized, you know, the, the, the Palestinian Jews of the first century in, you know, in, in, in Galilee and Jerusalem, right. Israel, modern day Israel. Um, being oppressed by by this uh, by the Roman Empire, uh, being oppressed even by their own religious uh, rulers, who were some were in cahoots with this empire, uh, and they're just trying to you know make a living fishing and you know yeah. some make a living overthrowing the government <laughs> uh, or trying to at least you know, um, and the, and this healer shows up mm. and and he's teaching a very radical message of inclusiveness and healing. He's demonstrating it. Uh, uh, he's talking about another realm, this thing called the kingdom of God, the realm of God. And, and then he gets crucified. He gets, he, and he gets buried. Uh, and then they, they see him alive again, but it's not re- sort of him, yeah. but it's not really him. They're not sure. Uh, and so they're, they're trying to figure that shit out. Yeah. What happened here? What was this Jesus event? What you know, and so to, to, to just simply uh, say, oh, well, he was just dying for the sins of the world. Uh, and to, and that, that's sacrilegious in that mm. sense. And I think Newell in his latest book, if I remember, says that, mm. yeah, I did a little preparation here, huh? Uh, so, yeah. He defines sacrilege as trying to possess control and own uh, the sacred. Mm. And so, so doing that to Jesus, well, he, we needed a lamb of God, you know, God's angry and pissed at the world. So he's, someone's got to pay. So his son volunteers. What a, what a horrible way to see the world. What a sad, small way to well, see the world. And the funny thing, too, with that is, you know, they were trying to reconcile that when it first happened, right? With right. death and that. Yeah. And fast forward 2,000 years and it's still... <laughs> yeah, we don't know. <laughs> it hasn't, you it, know... It's, it's a it's mystery still, to be entered yeah. into, not a problem to be solved, you know? And so, yeah, and, um, you know, and it's easy to be angry and to poke fun at fundamentalist people with a fundamentalist, uh, who are addicted to certitude mm-hmm. more than the rest of us. Uh, but they're, they're very hurting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just like we are with, uh, with our certitudes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And their pain is just, you know, it's in that it's, it's in a more raw state, if you will. And, and. And so at the end of the day, I try to have more compassion in that mm-hmm. sense for people like that, because it's a very painful uh, way to live your life. It's a very sad and, and tragic way to live your life. 
I've seen people die with that that uh, fundamentalist worldview, uh, and it's it's it's. I learned in hospice work that there's a good death and there are mm-hmm. there are not good deaths, uh-huh. and and fundamentalists do not die well. So anyway, well, um, I, I guess it, I mean we're coming up on time, so I just I wanted to open it up to you. Uh, if there's anything else, um, J. Philip Newell, any any other things that are on your mind that you wanted to add to the to the dialogue uh, this afternoon um, before we call? No, it I think I think he's someone we should probably reach out to at some point. And I I could read one of his. Sure. Close with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this comes from his. I don't know if we have permission to do this. Uh, this is an educational podcast, so well, I we guess. don't have we don't have any. There's no, there's no finance. It's all outgo financially. Yeah, exactly. So we're not <laughs> profiting from this. Uh, but this is yeah. This is from one of his Celtic Psalters, the uh, the benediction one, mm-hmm. and it's one of the closing prayers. And, and this is what I'm talking about. Uh, In the beginning, O oh God, your spirit swept over the chaotic deep like a wild wind, and creation was born. In the turbulence of my own life and in the unsettled waters of the world today, let there be new birthings of your spirit. In the currents of my own heart and the upheavals of the world today, let there be new birthings of your mighty spirit. Will you read it one more time, but slow it down a little bit? I go too fast there? Yeah, just be a little bit more. In the beginning, O God, your spirit swept over the chaotic deep like a wild wind. And creation was born. In the turbulence of my own life and the unsettled waters of the world today, let there be new birthings of your spirit. In the currents of my own heart and the upheavals of the world today, let there be new birthings of your mighty spirit. Beautiful. Yeah. Not a bad way to pray. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll close it with that. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you once again, Mr. Morrison. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Um, as always, thank you, Jacob, which you hear in the background. That's his, his handiwork. Um, and yeah, we will talk to you next week. Yes, sir.